Welcome to the Assembly of Silence Radio Hour. This audio program has been carefully packed to the legal limit with a weekly allowance of non-governmentally approved deep thoughts per square minute of podcast. Okay, here we go. This is going to be our first interview with a new guest, Colin of ask.colin.org. Let me tell you about how I met this gentleman. It was after what I'm going to call the social media apocalypse. Apocalypse is a word, Greek word, that essentially means revelation, to remove the veil. So it was revealed to all of us over the last few years that the social media platforms were not platforms for free speech. And while there's uh, some pretty terrible stuff on the social media platforms, uh, not all of it has been banished, but some of it has. So a number of uh, producers, uh, content providers, have been deplatformed. And as a consequence of that, the things that we're, we have access to are somewhat diminished in their scope of what people are out there thinking and saying these days. So as someone who grew up really placing a lot of importance on the concept of freedom of speech and freedom of expression, uh, even though some of the people who are deplatformed I didn't particularly care for at all, the whole idea kind of offended my basic sensibilities, and I thought, well, there's got to be some kind of an option out there. So it was while I was doing research, exploring the various alternatives to Twitter and YouTube and what have you, I uh, stumbled across a site called, I believe it's Brightian, and like most of these sites, I didn't see anything on there that interested me except for one thing. And that was a video by the gentleman who we're going to be introducing to you today and having a extended conversation with next week. So he has a series of video series called Ask Colin. You can go to ask.colin.org and ask him any question. And he will do his best to give you as thorough and honest an answer as possible. And that's what I really enjoyed about what I saw there. I see an earnest, energetic, enthusiastic person who really wants to share his view of the world in a relatively free-form, open-hearted, open-minded and careful way. So uh, I thought it was a great idea, and I decided, hey, I'll ask him a question. And the question that I asked him was, what is the one essential message that you really want to convey? What's the essence of your message that you want the world to be aware of? And so Colin made a video reply, which will be the next thing that you're going to hear. And after that, I sent him a reply. Uh, I had asked him if he wanted to hear my thoughts on his video, and he said, sure. 
how about you send me an audio? And at the time, I wasn't even thinking this would eventually become a podcast episode, but recording audio is a lot easier than sitting down and typing, so that sounded great to me. So what we're going to hear now is Colin's video answering the question that I'd submitted to ask.colin.org, that's C-A-H-L-E-N, and then we're going to hear my response to his video. And then in the next episode, we're going to have an extended conversation. So I hope you find it interesting. I did. I think you will too. Hey everyone, this is Callan, and today on Ask Callan, I'm answering the question, what is the most important thing that I personally want to convey to the world? So a lot of people who have been paying attention to what I've been doing, kind of noticing that, you know, I'm showing a lot of kind of my unusual lifestyle and all that type of stuff. And maybe it's not obvious to everyone, but it is very much to me that I'm really trying to, to build into something here. And um, so the question of what is kind of the key core element of that is um, a really good one for me to be thinking about. And I really appreciate the question. So there's a lot that I could say here and there's a lot that I want to say, but just to kind of keep it brief, I'm going to go right to the heart of it. And the heart of it is the importance of reaching your full potential and what that means. And, and, and really the importance behind that for me is because humanity can't reach its potential if its individual parts don't do that. And so really we all have to focus on ourselves first before we can go out there and make a difference. And so what, is, what does that mean? So for me that means living in a way that gives me joy, right? And, you know, I was, I was living a life that was uh, very different than I am now. I'm a nomadic person. I'm wandering around. I live almost without money. I'm trying to get rid of all my bank accounts and all that type of thing and uh, just kind of uh, travel and subsist on making videos like this. And that's, that's what's giving me joy. And so I, I think I've always kind of known that that's what I wanted to do, but I grew up in a society, in a family, and with friends where they're all giving me others ideas about how I should be living and um, what a good life is. And it's pretty hard to not follow that kind of heavily trodden path. And so I guess I would say the importance is you need to, you need to figure out what that is for you. What is your true joy and from my perspective I say it's what I came here to do why I'm here on earth and you know it maybe if you're like a rational skeptic or something like that that may not jive with you but um, you know I used to be a rational skeptic too and um, I've kind of come around and I really do think I'm here to do something so I encourage everyone to really listen to themselves listen to their heart and figure out what that is and don't let anyone else tell you that you're wrong about it so, and just a little caveat there, um, as long as whatever you're going to do doesn't harm other people, then you're free to do whatever you want. Okay, so the, the key for me coming, kind of coming to this realization and really embracing that inner part of me was first realizing that uh, physically, biologically, I was not operating at my full potential, not even close. And yet I was operating, I'd say well above average. And so that's, that's, 
if like I'm a I'm I call I'm a human potential coach I'm a certified human potential coach and kind of one of the key elements of that is helping people to figure out how to function biologically and for me that was the most important thing that's the thing that gave me the energy to really start doing something about this and figuring out what I wanted so if anyone uh, like for my the people that I'm coaching that's something that I focus on pretty strongly another thing is of course figuring out what you want and something that can be helpful with that is really finding someone who is going to help you figure that out without telling you what it is you know what I mean so that's to me the most important thing finding out how you truly want to be living your life and if you're in a place where you know you're not doing that and but you've set yourself up in a kind of a structure you know you've got a mortgage you've got a you know things people who rely on you all this type of stuff that you really have to navigate if you're going to change your life and move towards what you want that can be a difficult process and part of me making this video is kind of sharing with you how I went through that and um, how I'm now living that and it's still a continual process so I'm really happy to be sharing that with you all as well uh, because the question is kind of the key like the core of what I want to be conveying to you while the human potential your potential is the most important thing I do want to give you kind of a kind of a breakdown of how I see kind of the, the three elements of, of that and um, I, I call them uh, truth and uh, freedom and basically a lot of people call it love but I call it joy because I love has so many meanings but joy I feel like kind of more resonates with me about what I mean so let's start with truth you can't really if you don't know what is actually objectively true outside of your own perception of what is true you can't actually act in a way which is going to move you towards what you want and so you have to take the time to figure out what is true and that's why another reason why it's good to get your biology in in alignment because then you have the energy to do that and then also you can arrange your life so you have more time to do that so I do get into more conspiratorial things because that's just what's true like what we what we are told about what is going on in the world where humanity comes from uh, the things that happen in in our daily world in the news and stuff like that these things are largely not true and the things that people call conspiracy and kind of put down and stuff like that a lot of these things are true and if you don't know these things then you can't be acting in a way which is actually going to bring about the best situation for humanity so I'm going to be getting into a lot of that stuff it's probably going to make a lot of people uncomfortable but you know that's just the way it goes and I'm not saying I know 100% what the truth is but uh, I'd said I'm closer than most people then there's freedom and this is a, a really important thing that I feel like we're not really taught in fact we're almost taught the opposite uh, especially if we went to public school we're taught that the government is there to kind of make sure uh, everything's running and uh, you need to follow and do what they say um, but that's not really <laughs> ultimately they're not actually looking out for you uh, they're looking out for themselves and the government is ultimately run by a group of people not people that you know not Trump not presidents not kings people above them that you don't even know about and these figureheads that you think are ruling you they're just puppets okay so what is freedom then well to me freedom is 
the truth that you can do whatever you want. You can live however you want, uh, have any type of relationship that you want, do anything that you want, as long as you are not harming anyone. Now that's, that can be a little bit of a messy thing to define, what does it mean when you're harming someone, but I think that we all ultimately know what that means. So freedom is do what you want unless you're gonna harm someone, and then don't do that. And you can always find ways around to get what you want without hurting someone. Unless what you want is to hurt someone, which, you know, uh, you might be a psychopath, you know? So uh, I, I don't personally know if that can be helped. There are people who are psychopaths. It's, you know, something like 1% or maybe half a percent of, of humanity. And then these people kind of manipulate culture to make it so all of us or a large portion of humanity act like psychopaths. So that's, that's my thoughts on that. Uh, freedom is really key. If you don't, if you don't realize that you're free, then you're going to accept your slavery and you're not going to, you're not gonna reach that potential, that thing that you came here to do. So then there's joy or love, as some people like to say, and that is getting to a point where just existing is, I mean, that's all you need. You just feel so good waking up in the morning, going throughout your day, even even facing challenges and things like that it's just a joy to exist and i think that that's really the key and the end goal of all of these things is to, is to get to that so my goal is to help kind of convey these things and get people to that point because i don't think that humanity can reach its potential if the individual parts of humanity us as individuals don't do it so as we if we do it as individuals that can happen on a larger scale so that's that's my kind of the core of what I'm going for here and uh, if you'd like to see more about how that unfolds and how I kind of convey that to people you can uh, you know subscribe and pay attention to what I'm doing uh, also I do private coaching with people I don't charge for it so uh, anyone who wants can have a, a free coaching session with me I do ask that if we continue to have coaching sessions that you find a way to enter into kind of a reciprocal relationship with with me and do something that helps me continue to uh, do what I'm doing so that could just be sending me food or something like that or maybe you have something else that you're good at that you think could be helpful for me and you, we just figure out what that is so anyways that's my answer to the question what am I basically what am I trying to do here what is what is the most important thing that I want to convey to all of you who are watching so um, if, if anyone else has other questions you can just go to ask.callan.org and if you'd like, if you're interested in um, kind of maybe a private coaching session with me, you can uh, mail me, uh, email me at mail at callan.org. So thanks for watching. I'll hope to see you next time. If you'd like to be notified when I put out new content, just head on over to subscribe.callan.org. Put in your email address and you'll receive my weekly newsletter. Okay. So uh, what follows now is my audio response. I had made a list of what I thought were the, the main points that Colin had made, and I kind of ticked down that list one at a time. Here we go. Let's see. The first thing that I have on the list here is realizing full potential. So the thing that comes to mind with that, I mean, obviously we want to make the best of our lives, and we're given that as a gift. And 
I share your basic belief that we have to take care of ourselves before we can do anything for the rest of the world, but I've also come to think of it a little differently now because we're in a situation where our domination of the natural world has produced a population that can no longer be satisfied with the goods that the world has to offer. So on a very basic level, you could say that it's a foregone conclusion that if we maintain the level of population that we're currently at, you know, approaching 8 billion people on the planet, that the ideal nutrition and optimal functionality is just simply not going to be available to everyone. Because, I mean, if for no other reason, and there's plenty of reasons for this, but if for no other reason that we're relying on this mechanistic agriculture, which depletes the soil, and so you have a nutrient density problem in a lot of the foods that are widely consumed. And and you can see that, that that's obviously what we're seeing when we're looking at the general population. Most of us are not very healthy, and I include myself in that. Uh, you mentioned something in your video about having, prior to the decisions that you've made and, and the path that you're now taking, that you were suffering with various uh, ailments as you tried to kind of live a normal life. And I'm, I'm definitely also uh, still in that mode to some extent, even though I, I've dropped out in many respects. So in the, in the context of where we are right now as a species and in the world, yeah, you know, it may well be that some of us, some small number of us would be able to find optimal nutrition and really take care of ourselves. But it seems to me on the most basic level, like infrastructure-wise and considering the global population, that it's unrealistic to think that humanity, without something major changing, like a new source of energy, a completely different approach to agriculture, and of course we can all dream about these things, and I think that development along those lines is worth considering, but, you know, the reality of where we are right now, you know, those would be long-term projects that would be required, it would really take quite a while, I think, for it to be a big change where we could safely say that even just within this country, most people would have access to decent nutrition and a relatively stress-free lifestyle. <laughs> So those are my concerns about, you know, and then, then the question, I guess, becomes realizing full potential. You know, to what extent is that something that's contextual within the world that we're living in? The overall framework that I've been working with, which is probably too much for me to spell out right now, but I'm going to try and summarize it really quickly here, is that we are basically like the social insects. You know, I'm imagining that what happened within the insect world a long, long time ago was that you had very successful species that proliferated and their extremely large numbers became difficult to manage. And so you had the development of essentially a, a variety of social mechanisms to uh, control these large populations. 
So you see that basically, you know, the, the ants and the bees have far less autonomy than many of the other insects. And there's a lot of interesting things that happen in terms of, you know, the use of endorphins within the hive and the, and the whole gender thing and all, you know, all of that seems like we're basically on the same path. We're having to develop a variety of techniques, if you like, for controlling mass populations. And part of what that entails is that there has to be sacrifice on the part of the individual for the benefit of the hive, if you like. And so that kind of cuts into the individual potential. And so the self-sacrifice aspect of spirituality, I think, of is, is being extremely important. You know, in the past, that would have meant preserving the dignity of life. But now I think what it means is sacrificing the dignity of life so that it so that it might continue. And that's what we find so offensive. Those of us who were, were raised on kind of a more traditional notion of what humanity is, you know, then to some extent, maybe that flows into the next, I realize I kind of glossed that a little bit, but it's too much to go into in a great bit of detail. But if it's something you're interested in, maybe we can explore it. The objective truth aspect may now kind of be, if we're going to talk about what a good life is, it seems sort of self-evident that a good life would be, well, health and doing what you want to do, which is going to be another, it's the kind of next subject on the list here, moving towards what you want, is uh, how you phrased it. But I think that the context of the situation that we're in, in this kind of global uh, shift, is something that moves away from true individual autonomy, just out of necessity because of the uh, population pressures and resource. Um, you know, you could say it's a false scarcity, but really, I mean, we're talking about non-renewable resources that are the foundation for the civilization. And it's no wonder that there's so much confusion and conflict going on right now because everyone knows that it's we're talking about a limited pool and that there's not a lot of clarity about how we're going to move forward. And there's some interesting proposals. You know, there may be some ways that we can avoid the worst outcomes of what appears to be a pretty difficult situation. So I'm not entirely like negative about it, but I think that we do have to recognize that it's a it's a urgent and complex situation that doesn't have a clear path forward at, at this present time. So. The question of the truth, you know, it may be that objective truth is something that requires a fair amount of excavating to really get to the to the bottom of. And from a purely philosophical point of view, I think you could say that there is really no such thing as an objective truth from a human point of view. Yeah, you know, there's always going to be a, a degree of bias as a species, as an individual within a society. We have that kind of ego, individuated sense of self that tends to color everything. And, you know, while there may be some absolute truths, I think that they're, they're probably very general and kind of scalar in nature. We can say that there's a, an absolute truth that phenomena is occurring. That's my favorite one. It's kind of my reinterpretation of the Cartesian cargito ego sum, which is basically thinking, therefore being. But I, I just like phenomena is occurring. It, it takes the, the I out of it. 
or you could say phenomena is being experienced, you know, and then there's an I there. So we, we have an experiencer that's experiencing phenomena, and that's clearly happening. I think that might be about as far as we can go. I mean, there, there's definitely a lot of other things that could be said about it, but when it comes to an absolute objective truth, you know, it's kind of the bedrock of, of all of it. Um, and from there, there on, it gets dodgy. It's really hard to discern. Now, I think part of what you were referring to when it came to the truth issue was what's being discussed in, you know, sort of the mainstream. And obviously, I completely agree with all of all of that. You know, the picture of so-called reality that's mainstream fodder is obviously a pack of lies. <laughs> I also have to say, though, that mu much of the conspiracy thing, which you, you mentioned as being a, a worthwhile alternative to the mainstream a lot of the conspiracy stuff is also a pack of lies or at least unverifiable to some degree there may be documentation but documentation is easy to create nowadays particularly it's like you know you want documentation on anything anything at all no problem you know it's out there I think it gets to be very, very, very confusing very quickly to really try to drill down on what really is an objective truth, particularly when it comes to, you know, social, political types of issues. And even, you know, to some extent, personal personal issues are hard to really drill down on quite often. So now we get to the moving towards what you want. And that I also think of as being a real double-edged sword. Because, of course, yes, we're given this life... And it's a gift from God, and we have to make the best of it. But on the other hand, we're told over and over again, not just by the ancient wisdom traditions, but also kind of in our own lives. At least I can speak for myself that quite often when I go after what I want, I receive the suffering that's consequent from that. There is a definite relationship between pursuing desire and suffering. That's basically the, the, that is the core of Buddhism. I think that a certain amount of reflection on that is really important because going the opposite way of what's an obvious path to hell isn't necessarily a path to heaven. <laughs> There's... There's way more paths to hell than there are any paths to heaven, although every path leads to heaven eventually, I believe, in some way or another. There's at least a release from the, the circumstance that we're in. So I think that's kind of the good news at the end of every story. Maybe, you know, the whole afterlife thing is something that I don't know. I'm going to leave it in the I don't know realm. It's interesting to hear what some people have had to say about it, and I guess we'll all find out, but... You know, that is, I think, freedom. So freedom is the last thing on my list here. I'm sort of free-forming it through the list. And so that is the kind of final freedom. And so then the question is, well, what does freedom mean within the context of this life? Because this life is kind of not free. <laughs> you know, yes, I agree with you completely that we can make our own decisions. And we suffer the consequences as a result of our own decisions. And society has an interest in making sure that if we don't follow the prescribed direction, that we do suffer the consequences. So we have that extra uh, challenge when we start to live differently than the way everyone else is. But also, I think, on an existential level, it's not clear that we really are free. I mean, I think basically... 
once you're born into a body, then you're constrained by the conditions that you're in, and you can only escape them to a very limited degree. When it really comes down to it, most living things have few options to really significantly change their surroundings. There are some options, and we're negotiating this relatively small range of options that we actually have that can actually make a difference. And, you know, it, it, there's not always a direct relationship between the levers that we're pulling and the outcomes that end up coming down the pike. It may appear that things are going wonderfully well, and we'll find out later that that was not the case, and it may go the other way as well. Quite often, I think it looks like things are really coming off the rails, and uh, and yet you can end up with a better situation. But ultimately, we're all confronted with an eventual winding down of whatever the situa situation is that we're in. So there's that kind of, you could say, imprisonment of the, of the limited lifespan, which, you know, all of these transhumanist types are trying to change. They, they want to escape that, that prison of mortality, but I'm, I'm concerned that they will create an even greater prison for people to survive in you know, which is sort of the dilemma and irony of the whole situation is that to some extent like this, the seeking after more and the hunger for experience and for better things and to all of that striving is part of the problem, you could say. Like, there's a great thing in the Hindu tradition that talks about the gunas. The gunas are the, the material modes of nature. And there's three gunas. You may you may know this, but I'll I'll spell it out anyway. There are three gunas, each of which are responsible for things going off the rails. You could say one is the, the Thomas, I think is how it's pronounced, and it's basically ignorance. Like you don't know what you're doing, and so things get fucked up. Then you have rajas, which are desires. I think you could also in, include aversions. So it's basically like the attractive aversion type of thing and being ruled by the attraction aversion dynamic within yourself, that that can also set things off the rails in various ways. And the last one is called Satwa, which I'm probably mispronouncing. And that one is the impulse towards enlightenment is one way of thinking of it. So <laughs> it's fascinating to consider that this is a culture that recognized that the, you could say, enlightenment industry is another way in which things go terribly wrong and off the rails. So those are my concerns. And yet at the same time, I fully support your effort and I really appreciate your approach. There's something about what you're doing that I really like. And I hope that whatever it is that I've just said wasn't too much of a bummer. 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 Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, throw us a bone by subscribing to this channel, visiting our social media pages, and hitting the various like, love, and clap buttons. We welcome all comments, criticisms, and random thoughts. Our email is silentassembly at protonmail.com. And if you want to be an angel, we have a Patreon page.
We look forward to serving you again soon. In the meantime, remember, turn that thing over a few times before you pick it up and take it home. <laughs>